welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 70 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary back with another episode. Excited to get into it. Today we'll be talking about the New York Jets wanting Jamison Crowder to take a pay cut. We'll be getting into your voicemails and so much more in this episode as I'm excited to jump right into it. But first, what I wanted to do was talk about my sponsor, Manscaped. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach body? You should. Well, you're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. Compliment your dad bod or six pack with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code JETS20. You can pick yourself up something nice. You'll thank me later. Trust me. So let's jump into the episode. Before we do that, actually, I had one more little PSA thing. So this is episode 70, a round number, so I figured why not? It's a good time to do it. Uh, I have a little giveaway for you. I have two packages from Manscaped that I'm giving away, and I will be giving away a Zach Wilson jersey. Why? How? Let me explain. So right now I'm at just over 9.3 subscribers. I want to get to 10K and I don't want to wait all that much longer. So what I'm hoping is that with a little bit of a giveaway from our buddies over at Manscaped and the Zach Wilson jersey, which that's coming from me myself. So here's what you have to do to enter. Very, very simple. Step one, subscribe to the main channel on YouTube, Matt O'Leary NY. Step two, Subscribe to the Just Jets Clips channel. This show you're listening to, Just Jets, has its own Clips channel. has shorter form videos where just quick hitters. I know some people don't like sitting through a whole full-length podcast episode. So I have little, you know, quick hitters from the episodes. And lastly, just reply done underneath the pinned comment on this video where it's telling you where you know, to, to reply in order for you to be entered. So I'll be picking three winners when I hit 10K on the main channel. It'll be random. Two Manscaped packages are being given away. And the third thing that's being given away is a Zach Wilson jersey. Your choice, whether home away or the black alternate. So definitely going to want to get involved in that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the push to 10,000 is officially underway. Super excited. Thank you guys for all the support. I really appreciate it. So let's get into the episode. Wanted to talk a little Jamison Crowder. So according to ESPN, Crowder, or the Jets rather, are looking for Jamison Crowder to take a 50% pay cut. He's due $10 million this year. So what he hasn't done, being he being Jamison Crowder, has not reported to OTAs yet due to the contract dispute because the Jets want him to take a pay cut. He obviously, in the last year of his deal, probably doesn't want to take a pay cut. Uh, but it's a tough situation because he's been the Jets' probably best receiver. Yeah, definitely the Jets' best receiver over the last two years. He's a very solid player. Is he a $10 million receiver? I don't know. 
Uh, is he better than a $5 million receiver? I would say yes. So it's kind of who's going to be the first to budge here. Is it going to be Crowder's camp? Is it going to be the Jets camp? And if the Jets were to cut Crowder right now, would he be able to sign for more than the $5 million that the Jets are essentially asking him to take instead of the $10 million? Sticky situation. I understand Crowder's frustration. He's coming off two really good years. And I understand the Jets wanting to you know, potentially, you know, make life easier for them and sign some other players. Like, for instance, they can use some of that money to sign Morgan Moses, who I think would be a great addition to this offensive line, someone who was cut from the Washington football team. You could look and bring in a, a veteran corner, whether it's bringing back Brian Poole, Richard Sherman, Stephen Nelson, any one of those guys on the list who would help this group because the Jets' corners are really, really weak. So, it's kind of like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place here just by looking at this because, like I said, I see Crowder's point of view, and I also see the Jets' point of view. It stinks. It's the business, but, I mean, I saw this on Twitter. I think Damian Woody said it. Forgive me. I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but I think it was Woody. <clears throat> was saying that he jet he gets where the Jets are coming from. From a former player's perspective, though, this is why you have to go out and get yours and get greedy because a team can turn around and just want you to take a pay cut just like that coming off two really good years. Two of your best years of your career at 28 years old in the prime year of career. <clears throat> but even if, like, let's say worst case scenario, Crowder doesn't want to take the pay cut and they decide to cut him, the Jets wide receiver room I think would still be fine. Sure, it's not as deep as it is with Jameson Crowder, but that would mean... Your starting receivers are Davis and Mims on the outside, Elijah Moore in the slot, and you'd have Keelan Cole as your fourth wide receiver. There's no star there, but it's a solid group. Now, if Jamison Crowder stays, that means he is your starting slot and Moore is more in a rotational role, which is okay, I guess, if you want to ease them into the mix. Like, I totally understand that uh, with a young wide receiver. Sometimes we see that, but... I think Moore is someone who is talented enough to play right away. So I'm not saying cut Crowder for no reason at all. If you can get him to take a pay cut, fine. If you can get him to stay on $10 million and be okay with that, I think you could live in that world as well. I'm all about helping your young quarterback, so I'm not necessarily advocating for the Jets to cut Jamison Crowder for no reason. But if they're in a position where they feel that Moore is ready to be a starting slot right now and that they would rather allocate that $10 million to Morgan Moses or another position of need, I'm not necessarily against that. Again, don't want to just say, ah, Jamison Crowder cut him because why not just save the money? Well, no, that, that's dumb. But if you're saying use that money and allocate it somewhere else, I could maybe be sold on that. So I get it. it, it it's in, it's an interesting conversation starter. Uh, I, I'm not really looking at it as a major thing right now yet. I, I think uh, in a few more weeks as we get closer to training camp, maybe that becomes a little bit more of a, a storyline here. But as of right now, it's not the biggest thing in the world to me, uh, this Crowder story. But it's the biggest story thrown this past week in Jets land. Um, I'm not betting on him being cut at the moment. That could obviously change. But as of right now, um, I would not bank on Jameson Crowder getting cut. So I think they figure something out. Let's get into your voicemails. We'll start with Max, who wants to talk about Richard Sherman. Hi, this is Max from Holmden, New Jersey, and I have a really good question for you. Sure. Richard Sherman has still not been signed yet by, like, an NFL team, and I was wondering, do you think the Jets should sign Richard Sherman? I completely understand, like, Richard Sherman's, like, a washed player, and he's, like, an old quarter. Oh, he was, like, good. I don't like, think he's washed. Ago. But I feel like Richard Sherman's a good mentor or a young player. What's your thoughts on Richard Sherman and go Jets? 
Yeah, I don't think he's washed. I think that um, he got hurt last. He was very productive in 2019. He was a really damn good player for that San Francisco defense. I still think he wants to go to contender, but maybe if the price is right, he'd come to the Jets. I think it would be a really good addition to this um, this secondary, and more specifically, more specifically, the cornerback room that's really, really young right now. Um, so I really have no issue with bringing in Richard Sherman. I think it would be a good idea, especially if the cost is right. So uh, next up, let's go to Big Mike. He is calling in from Philly. He wants to talk about the wide receiver room. Let's hear him out. What's up, Matt? Big Mike from Philly. Uh, first time, long time. Welcome. Uh, I just wanted to talk really quickly about the problem the Jets have at wide receiver. I know that they've addressed it, but I'm starting to think they might have addressed it a little bit too much in the off season. When you're looking at the guys that we have under contract, right? We have Corey Davis, who we just signed. We have Denzel Mims, who we spent a high capital pick on. We have Elijah Moore, who we spent a high capital pick on. And then beyond that, Robert Sala coming out this week saying that Jamison Crowder is going to have an integral part to the offense. I just want to know your opinion. For the most part, there can only be three guys out there, and I don't think Jamison Crowder is going to be hurting uh, Denzel Mims or Corey Davis's status. He'll be more in the slot. So did the Jets just pick up Elijah Moore just because he was best available talent? Do you think they expect him to be on the field over Crowder or are there different kind of sets you think they would run? I don't know. Uh, I just want to hear your input on that because I'm a little bit concerned uh, with the Jets' pick of Elijah Moore if they're not Ooh, going to I'm use him. I think he's a great pick, but if they're not going to use him and they're trying to pull in Crowder again, I think that's a bigger problem for the team. Go Jets. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for checking in, Big Mike. Um, I'll say this when it comes to the wide receiver room situation. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think you could have too much depth at the wide receiver room when you look at what the Jets have been dealing with in like the Sam Darnold era. Like They had a rookie quarterback and didn't do enough to put pieces around him. Um, I don't think it was a waste of a pick with Elijah Moore. Like I, I get what you're saying with the Crowder in front of him, but... I think Crowder and Moore, while they're both slot receivers, they go about it a little bit differently. Uh, and I think Moore is, well, a, a more explosive wide receiver than Jamison Crowder. Uh, Crowder's really good at getting open and finding space, and I'm not saying that's not what Moore can do, but Moore's speed and just uniqueness in, in terms of what he could do, like taking end arounds, punt returner, you know, all different things like that. I think he would be a really, really good chess piece for this option. Kind of like a, be, like a better version of Curtis Samuel. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say kind of like Tyree killer, Antonio Brown. Now that's not fair to put those kind of expectations on this kid. Uh, Cause those are two really, really, really good wide receivers at what they do. Um, ceiling, that's where I'm at. Um, I think more than likely it's going to be a better version of uh, Curtis Samuel, though, uh, would be my guess, uh, which is fine. I, I think, you know, I don't necessarily think that Crowder's a long-term solution. I don't think he's here after this upcoming season. So if you want to get an explosive player to grow with your young quarterback, not opposed to that at all. And to have a wide receiver room that also includes includes Crowder. Not opposed to that either. Let's go to Jeremy in Sacramento, who is up next. Who wants to talk about Nazaldine and Sherwood? 
Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy from Sacramento again. Hey, man, um, just want to respond to your amazing, incredible video. Thank you. About Nazaldine versus Sherwood for the starting spot at linebacker. Um, that was so brilliantly well done, um, like all your videos. You're just incredible. You're the man. Uh, my favorite is, though, of you going over the, the on the cyclone. Well, that was a fun <laughs> That's a great um, I wanted to uh, propose something that I'm wondering I, if it could happen. Do you see a scenario where, um, and I don't care which one starts, but do you see a rotation type of scenario where um, on passing downs in the beginning, you know, like the starter or shoreboard, but like when passing situations arise, like third and long or second and long, um, the other just, you know, uh, clocks running out, two minute drill or whatever, um, where we go with Nazaldine because he, you know, because he has, um, better in coverage, um, and maybe better at blitzing and making plays behind the line of scrimmage. I'm not really sure. You know, in passing situations, who's better in that scenario? Um, maybe you could address that. Morning. Probably but, pretty close. Um, to, the point is, can they both see reps? Do you see a situation where they rotate based on situation, uh, playing to both of their strengths? If they both have good camps and show that they're both ready to be valuable con contributors to the team. Um, that is all for now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. Really appreciate the call. I think it makes a lot of sense what you're bringing up, like a, a platoon in a way. I lean Nasruddin, but I don't think that Sherwood's a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. And I think worst case scenario for both of these guys is they're just special teamers, which if you're telling me you can get like a solid special teamer in the fifth and sixth round, you'll sign up for that. The Jet special teams group hasn't always been the best. And if you have a much better coverage team, then that helps you out a lot. And that's what I think. I think both of them will have an impact on special teams right away, which is already good from a late round pick. But I also think that one, if not both of them, can have a role starting in the first year, which is crazy. Like how often do you see a, a late fifth or a sixth round pick get a chance to start in the NFL? Like without a whole lot of competition. Because right now the only other competition, I guess you could say, is Blake Cashman. And and I would lean Nasruddin or and sure I would I would pick both of those guys over Cashman. Um because Cashman can't stay healthy. Um and I, I just don't think he's in the same boat as what they can do coverage wise. So I, I'm leaning both of those guys over Cashman uh to begin with anyway, but uh, in terms of the two of these guys, I think, like I said, we'll see a, we'll see them on special teams, um, and there is absolutely a world where both of them can kind of get reps and split times. I, I I think they're both that talented to make the switch over to the NFL. Ben in New Jersey is up next. He wants to talk OTAs and some storylines, so let's get into OTA conversation with Ben. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. Yo. I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about the OTAs and how well they've been going. Um, I'm calling on Wednesday. So on Tuesday, Zach, I heard Zach Wilson put on a clinic at OTAs. I know, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I know it's, um, everyone is saying he looks better than Sam Darnold. Everything about him is quicker. His throwing power is something else. His um, weight getting out of the pocket is a lot better. And, um, and like I said, I know it's OTAs, but... It's still a time to be excited about our rookie quarterback. Um, also, 
Elijah Moore, he's the guy. He's been a guy that's been so impressing ever since training camp started. He's been making diving catches. I think he's become one of um, Zach Wilson's favorite targets for sure. And you love to see that the rookie connection is amazing already between the first and second round pick. And I, I love Jamison Crowder, but I think he's gotta, he's gotta take the reduced role or some, or we gotta find a trade partner for him because. I don't know if we could fit this guy. Elijah Moore is just that good. I understand that. Um, another thing I want to talk about, the <clears> final <throat> thing, is that there might be there's some noise that Keelan Cole is taking snaps at wide receiver two, mm. and Denzel Mims is taking snaps with the second team. I mean, I love Denzel Mims. I wanted him to be wide receiver two and due to his um, potential. But, shoot, if Keelan Cole is playing like a wide receiver two, Go for it! Like he's, I I, I love this guy. Keelan Cole was one of, was really good at Jacksonville, and if he if he's good enough to play wide receiver too, and he's establishing a good connection with a rookie quarterback, I think we can, I think we can definitely try to play him wide receiver too. I'd still love to see Mims win out the job because right. we drafted him in the second round last year, and I love his his size and speed or something else, and you don't really find that in, in too many receivers. But um, if Keelan Cole is playing better, then um, keep him in the start. Keep him in the starting team. So that's just what I wanted to talk about for OTAs. I just think they're going really well. I just want to express that. Sure. Let me know what you think. And as always, go Jeff. There's a ton of optimism coming out of OTAs, which I mean that tends to happen year after year. But I understand where it's coming from. Rookie quarterback, new coach, bright future. I get it. Um, when looking at the wide receiver room. Um, Let's talk about Keelan Cole because we kind of hit on the stuff a little bit earlier in the show with uh, Moore and Crowder. So I'm kind of I'm gonna take your Keelan Cole storyline and kind of go from there. I agree with you in terms of like I think he could be a a sneaky productive player on this Jets team. I don't necessarily like putting assigning a number like oh this guy is wide receiver one, this guy is wide receiver two, this guy is wide receiver three. Uh, instead of just having a diverse group of pass catchers. Now, Cole, Davis, and Mims are similar in that they're contested catches, guys. Now, with Davis and Mims, both of those guys are very, very good blockers, so I think that will be valued in this system. Cole, going to be honest with you, not sure how good of a blocker he is. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good. I genuinely don't know. I know that Mims and Davis are good blockers. I don't. I can't tell you one way or the other if Cole is or not. So if he is, then maybe he, him and Mims do split time. If not, then I think Mims would get a little bit of a nod over that. And I know that's kind of crazy. Like, oh my God, you're going to say one wide receiver over another just because they block better? Well, depending on what the situation is, I, I think you could use both really or one over the other. It's like you have the luxury with this many guys you trust to rotate them in. It doesn't have to be the same three that you're sticking with. So that's kind of just my take there. And we're going to get into that some more because Ty from Pennsylvania is up next. And thank you, Ben, for checking in as always. And he wants to talk about the wide receiver room too. And he's got a ton to say on the wide receiver room. So let's get to him. Hey, Matt. It's Ty from Pennsylvania. I'm calling in a uh, longtime listener. And this is probably either my 
second or third time calling in. Oh, nice. Um, but I just wanted to chime in a little bit on our slot wide receiver room and how I think it has the potential to be one of the best in the league this year. Um, I know I'm saying this from the perspective of an optimistic Jets fan, but I think it really does hinge on whether or not we retain Jamison Crowder. We need to guarantee him some money. He's coming off of a season where he did just have an injury, wants to secure the bag. I fully understand that from his perspective. Uh, needs to get done. He's a guy that gets separation. He's been on the team for some hopeless jet seasons. That's true. And he deserves to get paid. Same thing with uh, Marcus May. Need to get the deal done. He deserves to get paid. He's wasted his career on some worthless jet seasons. Give him the bag. I don't care. But anywho, he's like I'm saying with their slot room, he he's great as your number one slot wide receiver. Elijah Moore is apparently lighting it up in OTAs, and you know I could see him being a red zone threat. He very well might be our best wide receiver by the end of the year. Who knows? It could. He very well could be. Um, but everything they're saying in OTAs is that <clears throat> he's uh, been catching balls in the end zone in uh, red zone drills. So. Uh, he could be that kind of guy. He could be an end-around kind of trick play kind of guy. And I know you're not very high on Braxton Berrios, but he's also been reported to be he's overrated. killing it in OTAs. And I think he could have a role on the team. I think you have him accurately assessed as like a fifth to sixth option on this team, maybe even seventh, honestly. But if he could be on your depth chart low enough but also still carve himself a role say on like third downs and just be the guy to go across the middle of the field sacrifice his body and consistently make those kind of catches that's the kind of production that I think you could see from Braxton Berrios and see him as actually having a role on this team with how depth with how um, deep our depth is and wide receivers specifically in the slot right now because I didn't even mention Cole, and he's also apparently looking great in OTAs. I'm just overall really excited about specifically the slot wide receiver room, and you know I think I think you will likely end up having to change your perspective on Braxton Berrios, but overall this slot wide receiver room looks great. I'm really looking forward to Jeff football in in this upcoming season. Yeah, I really appreciate the the call here. I know he got cut off at the end, but um, with Braxton, I don't hate Braxton Barrios. I just think it, I don't understand the uh, hype that he gets in, in some spaces. I agree. I think he's a, a fifth or a sixth wide receiver um, and probably a sixth wide receiver on most really good football teams. Um, if he's someone who could come in and produce in limited roles, okay. That's great. I just don't want to be manufacturing touches to Braxton Barrios with Davis, Crowder, Mims, Moore, Cole in front of them. All five of those guys, in my eyes, are significantly better, all, all well-rounded wide receivers than him. Uh, again, I don't hate having Braxton Barrios as like a sixth wide receiver. I just don't. I think because he's good-looking and he was like a, a semi-playmaker on a 2-14 and 14 team, some people fell in love with him. Um, I think he's very okay, which is fine. 
you need okay players to round out your roster. I don't I don't hate Braxton Barrios. I just don't think he's going to be the next wing Corbett, which someone said in my mentions, which is just bananas to me. But uh, anyway, um, I do think the slot's going to be very good because, like you said, Crowder, steady. We know what he is. More, more of an explosive player and could be a lot of fun this year. And I think more, maybe not in 2021, but in 2022, will be the Jets' best receiver. So take that for what it's worth next one don't have a name for the next caller but let's hear it hey a friend of mine sent me this video i'm a jet fan for 42 years and i'll tell you why everybody's overreacting with uh beckton joe douglas is a horrible gm facts are facts not all this pie in the sky stuff everybody else has been trying to, to, to paint it as he took over a team that was seven and nine he did nothing to help the team when the two quarterbacks got hurt in week two, let the team rot, and they still bring it out seven and nine. He replaced half the team, all his free agents busted, all his draft picks, except for Becton, have been a bust. He could have taken Wirfs, who rates number six in the pro football. He plays right tackle, though, right? You know, that's not as important as left tackle. 31st. Becton Just so we put has, that out there. Um, a foot injury. That's like an old man injury. It'll last his whole career. He is too mm, Not necessarily. Big. He has always been too big. That's why everybody else shied away from him. But Douglas thinks he knows more than everybody else. Not true. He was going to be a top 15 pick no matter what. So. so in 2020, his free agents busted, his draft picks busted. And all you guys do is defend him. 2021 comes, he takes Zach Wilson, who is by far the worst number two overall pick ever. Ryan Justin Leaf would Field like a word, but that's fine. Better football career in college, better numbers, is physically gifted more than Wilson. And who does he take? Wilson. Why? I'll bet you the owner, a Trump fan, made him take the white guy instead of Fields. Okay, yeah, we're, we're not doing this anymore. 70 episodes. It took 70 episodes, but finally I have found the worst call into Just Jets. Congratulations, No Name. Had such hot takes you couldn't even attach your name to it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Internet Tough Guy 1.0. Just, you know, spit your takes. Don't put your name out to it. Just drop nonsense as facts, things that you believe. And listen, I understand, I guess, a little bit. While you might be a little concerned with Mekhi Becton, but to say that it was a mistake to draft him over Tristan Wirfs, how the hell do we know that yet? And Wirfs played right tackle on the best team in football, which is a less important position, where we saw Mekhi Becton play at essentially a Pro Bowl caliber at left tackle, the second most important position on the football field besides quarterback. But okay. And he didn't do enough. Hasn't done enough. Traded Jamal Adams for two first-round picks. Julio Jones went for one second-round pick. Actually, Sam Darnold got more value than Julio Jones. This guy's fleeced teams in trades, and he is not a perfect GM. He's had his misses in free agency. Like you said, letting Robbie Anderson go was a miss. Uh, bringing in the center, Ryan Khalil, was a miss. It hasn't all been bad, though. And in the draft, they've all been bust? Get out of here. Denzel Mims flashed. He looks like he's going to be a solid receiver. Ashton Davis could be a starter on this team this year. Uh, if you want to say the P. Ryan and Morgan picks weren't good, I can give you that. I would say, all right, I agree with that. But finding a starter at punter in the sixth round, 
this is this is not nearly as bad as what you are painting it out to be. Um, it took 70 calls, but we found it. The worst call on Just Jets. Congratulations. Next up, or final call, rather, is Elias in Rochester. who wants to talk about his pet peeve. Hey, Matt. It's Elias from Rochester. My question for you is, who do you think, or so what do you think, what's like your least, you know, your biggest pet peeve Jets take? Like, take a lot of fans have that, like, just, you can't stand. For me, it's when guys say Bless Austin's a good tackler because he makes like some hard hits every now and then, but he misses like I think 16% of his tackles. Not good at all, and obviously he can't cover he can't cover me, and I've never played football in my life. So yeah, what, what's your uh, biggest pet peeve Jets take? And also, what's worse, um, Le'Veon Bell's uh, football playing or his music? Hi man, go Jets. Uh, definitely the music, which is saying something at this point in Le'Veon's career, unfortunately. He's been really annoying on social media, too, recently. Um, I, I'm about done with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, as terms, in terms of what of the pet peeve is, I know I played into your pet peeve, Elias, in uh, one of my more recent videos. Uh, what I probably should have said was that he sometimes comes down and, and hits hard. Um so that's on me. Hand up. I, I you got me on that one. That was a, a misspeak on my part. Um, can that last call be my biggest pet peeve jet take? Um, no, I think it's overvaluing players, um, which is my biggest pet peeve. Uh, not every player on a two and fourteen team uh, is good, and you don't have to defend everyone like they're the best thing since sliced bread. Um, I think that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, so we'll see. Episode 71 is next week. Don't forget we're doing the giveaway. So I will keep you updated next week where we are and each week following until we hit that 10,000 number. Uh, so when we do, like I said in the early part of this episode, giving away two Manscaped packages and a Zach Wilson Jets jersey. You tell me the size. You tell me the color you want. It'll be shipped to your house free of charge on me as a celebration of 10,000 subscribers. So we're at, I think, as I'm recording this, 9.32. So need just over, what, four, five, six hundred? Not a math guy. Yeah, six, five, six hundred. <laughs> Don't make me do math. More than 500, less than seven. There you go. That's going to do it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Talk to you next time.